Hello, and welcome to Downsizing, the podcast where we figure out when did the office actually end because everyone got fired. My name is Curtis, and I am here with my co-host and resident office expert, Antoinette. Hey, everyone. Today, we are talking about the second episode of season one, which is Diversity Day. In this episode, we quote-unquote meet the full cast. We continue to establish themes that will continue throughout the entire run of the show. And this episode centers around, obviously, Diversity Day. So there isn't a whole lot of plot in this episode. And that's pretty much applicable to most of the first season. However... We do see a lot of the themes that we're going to see throughout the rest of the season and the show in general. Yes, as we said in last episode, season season one is really just a sort of foundational setup. Like, what can we tell you about these people without really truly diving in? And sometimes I wonder if one of the points of season one is just to get you to hate Michael so badly So then you kind of come back around and soften on him a little bit in latter seasons. And that's, I mean, that was a very bold choice for the writers (laughs) to make if that was the case, because Michael gets a lot of screen time, and in most of that, he's a terrible person. Yes, that's very true. Especially as we saw in the pilot episode and now in this episode, the bulk of the script is going to Steve Carell and then everyone else just kind of gets a chance to look horrified or look at the camera or just look cringed and annoyed at him. Right. So one of the themes that we see that was hinted at somewhat in the first episode and is really kind of hammered home this episode is the flirtatious relationship between Jim and Pam. And we really mostly see it, I would say, from Jim's perspective. Correct. We're really not seeing what Pam thinks or feels. We're getting talking heads or little tidbits with Jim. For sure. So we see Jim talking to Pam at her desk early in the episode, but this episode ends with a meeting in the conference room and Pam has clearly had enough of the day and dozes off and puts her head on Jim's shoulder. And to this point, Jim has not had a very good day between the diversity training and him losing out on a big sale. But He says this quote, made it a pretty good day, pretty much. He said, not a bad day. Right. And it's not just a big sale. It's the biggest sale of his year. Right. And he lost it to Dwight. Right. So this is a very much a, I mean, it's almost, it reminds me of somebody that's like in the typical like friend zone where they're just like any little thing that any, any bit of like physical interaction or the slightest hint that the other party is interested. Like it is just all of a sudden like latched onto Mm -hmm. and blown up to, you know, the nth degree. 
We've all been there. Absolutely. I mean, any time that you would smile at me at Spartan before we got together. Oh, God. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. <laughs> um, as Antoinette alluded to, another theme that we see here in this episode is the relationship with Jim and Dwight. And at this point, it is very clearly not the playful rivalry that we see in the later episodes. Um, They both are kind of prickly and abrasive with each other. Yes. They have a really beautiful arc as far as their friendship goes throughout the whole series. And there's a really... If not unrealistic, but continue. Yeah, most likely. And there's also a really lovely arc with Pam and Dwight as well. And so, but in the early seasons, it's just how much can these two undercut each other or get on each other's nerves? And that is really highlighted in the episode of season two, which is, which is classic. And, you know, we'll get there, but we really see how tumultuous their relationship is. Right. Right. So as Antoinette said before, Dwight costs Jim the biggest sale of his year. Uh, Jim, early in the episode, Jim is on the phone with this client and Dwight decides that's a good time to do some privacy shredding. (laughs) Uh, Jim asks if this is really the best time for him to do that. And Dwight, being clueless, is like, yeah. I should have been doing this. I should have done this a week ago. Jim unplugs the shredder, to which Dwight responds by hanging up the phone call that Jim is on with his client. Which I thought this might be a firing for Dwight, but if if anything, it's probably a reprimand. It would definitely be a reprimand. I think actions would have been taken at this point where it's like, okay, you guys can't sit next to each other. Don't yeah. talk to each other. Most likely it'd be an elementary school situation where we're just going to separate your desks. For sure. <laughs> Another theme that we see that maybe was not intended in this episode, but definitely becomes a running joke in the entire series is Michael's hate for Toby. Uh, Toby is introduced for the first time in this episode he is the hr rep of the office which we don't know that yet correct correct and so as they are walking into part two of diversity training which we will get into later toby makes a joke about how everybody is going to sit in the conference room and michael kicks him out (laughs) Yes, I do think it was an unintentional moment between Michael and Toby, but Toby is just the person that Michael cannot stand in the office and is always looking for a way to insult him. And we do see another another thing that'll be pretty consistent uh, throughout the the series. There's a lot of conference room meetings, a lot of conference room seminars and meetings and unnecessary moments are called by Michael and there's always there's a back and forth on sometimes they're in rows and sometimes they're sitting at a table 
And you never know where that table goes when they're <laughs> sitting in rows. I've never thought about that. Yeah. The last theme that really gets hammered home in this episode is something that I like to call Bad Michael. <laughs> because, as we said earlier, Michael's a pretty terrible person. And in this episode, that really comes out. This is a classic Office episode, but also one of the cringiest. I would say that this would be up there with Scott's Tots as one of the <laughs> most difficult to watch. Sure. Um, because of how awful and unself-aware Michael is. There is a specific episode later on in, in the series that you may be doing a podcast on alone <laughs> because I can't stand watching that specific episode. And that's Phyllis's Wedding. Oh, Curtis does hate that episode. That's also a tough one uh, for Michael. And the problem in this episode specifically is that Michael is the cause of diversity training. Right. So this entire episode centers around Diversity Day. And when Michael tells us that the office will be participating in a diversity seminar, the way he describes it kind of, in my mind, encapsulates how a lot of corporations today really view diversity in the workplace they just want to pay lip service to it. Right. That's how Michael is. Right. So Michael says that it's something that he's always wanted to do, but he he's actually thought about it, and he's, he's never really gotten around to actually doing it. And so corporate has told him that this is something that they need to do, so that's why he's doing it. Kind of just, yeah, like you said, just lip service, and it looks good for a moment. Kind of like when, during Pride Month, like, all the big brands on, like, Twitter and Facebook or whatever, mm -hmm. they turn their their logos into, like, into rainbow. Into the Pride flag. In, like, rainbow, yeah, Pride flag. And, like, that's the most they do. Like, some are better yeah, yeah. about it than others, but a lot of it is... It is very empty seeming. Well, and then the problem is we later learned that that's not really the reason why this diversity training is happening. This, this is actually because Michael is creating a terrible work environment for his employees and performing. I've never seen the original skit. I think I have. If I know what if I, I'm pretty sure I know which one it is Michael fancies himself to be a comedian he loves improv and he loves talking about professional comedians and he treats everything like he treats all of his office meetings like a stand-up routine so he wanted to recreate a Chris Rock sketch for the office which seemingly had a lot of bad words, if you will, in it. So here is how this came about in the diversity training. Basically, there are two types of black people. And black people are actually more racist because they hate the other type of black people. See, every time the one type wants to have a good time, 
then the other type comes in and makes a real mess. I'm, okay, I'm I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. He's he's, he's ruined. He's butchering it. I, I'm. Could you just let me? Every time, every time, black people want to have a good time, some ignorant ass. I take care of my kids. So, as a result of this, we have our first firing of the episode, and that is, of course, for Michael, for dropping multiple N-bombs, and obviously, this is not the first time he had done that, because the first time he had done that is what brought on that diversity training. Yes. And it's at this point that I want anyone that works in any sort of office setting in 2019 has hopefully been exposed to some sort of diversity training through their workplace. I can think of a couple of instances that happen just for my licensing requirements for being a lawyer, Illinois now has a diversity uh, requirement, so I have to do one hour of continuing legal education for diversity. And I attended a seminar that that seemed pretty close to what uh, Mr. Brown, uh, Larry Wilmore's character, was talking about, about respect and empathy and open-mindedness. And it's very interesting to sit there in diversity training with members of different generations because some people take to diversity training pretty well and some people seem to struggle a little bit with (laughs) it, I would say, uh, was my experience. And I've also done a diversity uh, training that was about different generations, which was written by a baby boomer and was one of the most offensive uh, one of the most offensive webinars I have ever taken because it was essentially for what's the generation before baby boomers the silent generation I, I don't know it was essentially for lawyers of the baby boomer generation and the generation before that mm-hmm. to just shit on millennials as much as possible and just say they're the worst to work with. You're going to have to really baby them. You're going to have to really, you know, give them a bunch of uh, benefits and let them come in whenever they want because, you know, you live to work, but they work to live. And so it was just this sort of, um, it, it felt like, men are from Mars, women are from Venus sort of thing. Like we couldn't possibly have anything in common. Um, They're so entitled. They're not going to ever want to do any work and they want to be made a partner from day one. So I would say that would be the worst diversity training I've ever encountered. And I actually wrote a pretty long email response in my review of the webinar too. The company that put it on, I never heard back from it, but I thought it was pretty bad. Have you ever done any diversity training? Um, I, I don't think anything past the just typical, you know, PowerPoint slide slash video that, you know, the company sends along. We yeah. actually did. Oh, well, I'll take that back. Um, the company I am at right now has really focused in hard on being in a, in a diverse workplace. 
And to me, it feels like it's coming from a good place. Like there, mm-hmm. it, there wasn't anything that seemingly sparked this. A couple months ago, they had like a like a, a diversity truck or something like that come in, and like you could go through and participate in these different exercises and watch videos and things like that to help point out like your implicit uh, bias. Yeah, implicit bias, like your blind spots and mm-hmm. things like that to where you showing you kind of bringing up the biases that you have that you nice. maybe don't even think about. Um, but yeah, it was sure. definitely it was definitely an interesting exercise to take part in. And then this week they had a this past week they had a bunch of um, just guest speakers come in and, and talk about that stuff. That's nice. Yeah. So back to the episode. As was shown in the audio clip we played, Michael can't help himself but try and really interject himself in this seminar. And not just this seminar. This is definitely a theme that will that comes up throughout the series. Yeah, Michael is like perpetually a seven-year-old. Right. If if he is not the one leading the meeting, he is constantly making sure his voice is heard mm-hmm. during the meeting. So as we said, this diversity day came about because of something that Michael did. And so Mr. Brown lets Michael know that he can't leave until he gets the signed pledge from Michael and that the only reason he had everybody else sign it was just so he didn't embarrass Michael. This, of course, doesn't sit well with Michael. Michael is not satisfied with the diversity day that Mr. Brown put on. So Michael decides to hold a diversity day of his own. So we have Diversity Day Part 2, and this goes about as well as you would expect. Yeah, this is... Michael would be fired several times over for Diversity Day Part 2, for sure. It's horribly cringy, starting with the name. Uh, He invented Diversity Tomorrow because today is almost over, which is quality quote, uh, but but isn't really getting to the point of diversity. And then he makes a short little video uh, that also has another quality quote. (laughs) Abraham Lincoln once said, if you are a racist, I will attack you with the North. (laughs) And those are the principles that I try to live by. So (laughs) simplifying the Civil War uh, significantly, (laughs) I would say, for the sake of diversity tomorrow. And I think the thing that people most remember about this episode, and that is just the cringiest, is his exercise with the employees. Everyone has to uh, choose a card and put it on their forehead without looking at it, and the card has a race on it. And they are required to essentially uh, be the worst stereotypes of the of the cards to each other in order to guess what is on their forehead right and it is horrific (laughs) yes so the only one really participating in this exercise of course is dwight um he is trying to carry out all of these 
terrible stereotypes. Um, the exercise culminates with in an interaction with Kelly, who is played by Mindy Kaling. Michael is not satisfied with how everyone is going about the exercise. He clearly doesn't think everybody's being racist enough, apparently. So he, when Kelly comes back into the room, he does a terrible Indian accent, or acts like he is working at a convenience store, and just going through this over and over with Kelly. Until it hits the breaking point with Kelly, and she slaps him. To which we get our second firing of the day. Kelly, despite the fact that he absolutely deserved it, can't really hit somebody at work, much less your boss. <laughs> so we have lost Kelly in this episode. So that is really all we get in this episode in terms of substance. So now we are going to head back to the annex with Antoinette and find out some fun facts about this episode. So we finally see the full cast as we know it. Um, we lose a lot of the randos we saw in episode one. Um, we see for the first time Kelly, Toby, and Creed. And we also... And no, Meredith was in there last episode. Was she? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the actors are also writers on the show. Mindy Kaling, who plays Kelly, BJ Novak, who plays Ryan, and Paul Lieberstein, who plays Toby, are actually all writers. And Larry Wilmore, who plays Mr. Brown, is also a writer on the show and a produce an early producer. I don't think he was there for all nine seasons, but I believe he early on was part of the show. Later on he is doing his own thing. He had a couple shows that he was involved in in Comedy Central. Yeah. Or, well, he had his one. He had his own show, and then he's also a producer on Insecure. Yeah, and I think, don't quote me on this, I think Blackish as well. Oh, really? Is, he is involved in that. And we also have an interesting exchange with Brian and Jim at Pam's desk. Ryan, I guess as a temp, doesn't have to partake in diversity training. And so he downloads uh, several episodes of the Chappelle show on Pam's computer. Jim comes over, taking a break from diversity day, comes over to Ryan and is talking with him. And Ryan's like, oh, this girl's really cute. And Jim thinks he's talking about Pam. Whereas Ryan was talking about a girl on the Chappelle show. And Curtis informs me that Rashida Jones actually had some early cameos on the Chappelle show. So they could be talking about Rashida Jones, who appears on the show on The Office in, in season three as Karen, who has a, a romantic relationship with Jim and who Ryan asks out several times to try to get away from Kelly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that is, uh, that's the annex for today. We haven't actually seen the annex in the, in the series yet. The, we're still fleshing out what the show will become. I think because they were so concerned that it actually was not going to be picked up <laughs> for, for another season by NBC. Right. And if you think about it, like, this is a, I mean, it's not necessarily a groundbreaking show. They're not doing anything that is all that special. But in terms of format, 
Mm-hmm. It is definitely an odd watch. Like you are, this is coming off of the Seinfeld and Friends years, which yeah. is let's just put some people in front of a camera in New York and you know let them do things. Let me ask you this: If you were watching the show back in two thousand five, without you know virtue of of the the popularity that it would become, would sure. you would you watch the show? I don't think so. You don't think so? No, um, not to this point. There now, admittedly, there are some episodes later on in this season that had a, maybe that was my first experience with mm-hmm. it. Maybe I would have stuck with it. Um, the basketball episode comes to mind. That's a good one. Um, but no, I don't. I don't think I would have. Yeah. Would you? There are definitely some funny moments uh, in this episode, especially, but I'm not sure it would have held my interest enough um, without the sort of popularity and publicity machine behind it um, that eventually came about. Because it really does, and we'll talk about it when we get there, it really does hit its stride towards the end of season three. There is just a stretch of episodes that is just golden um, there that they really are getting it down. So it it is so different from season one. Yeah. Let me ask you this as well. Are you intrigued, like forget you know anything else about the rest you only know the show off of the pilot and this episode. Are you intrigued by Jim and Pam? Is there enough that you're like, eh, this could be something? Or do you think it's kind of Jim, not being creepy, I don't want to label it as that, but just sort of unrequited crush that this guy has on a girl in his office? Um, I'll say yes. You're intrigued? I, I will say yes, only because in this situation, I don't know anything about the characters going forward. Yeah. As we go through this <laughs> podcast, I think some maybe unpopular opinions of mine will come You have very up. unpopular opinions. So, uh, you guys all have that to look forward to. Last question. How much money do you think Jim makes in a year? Because if it's um, all commission-based and he's sort of like, eh. It's not all. It can't, I mean, it's not all. You don't think all? It can't be all. Um, he's not very into the job for sure. For sure. And it's great. And I don't know what the cost of living is. 50. Let's go with 50. 50,000 with after commission 50. Wow. Okay. That's more than I would have thought given his level of interest. For sure. For sure. So the firings that we had in today's episode, we see Michael get fired this is his second firing like, in multiple, yeah, multiple times. times, but I think I think as we go forward in this, we'll just call it, it one. We, we will say you can't get fired. You can, but you can't get fired multiple times right. in an episode. Sure, that's so, a fair rule. Right. So Michael is fired. This is his second firing in two shows. <laughs> yep. And Kelly also gets fired, and this is her first firing, technically in two shows, but. First really appearance. in one, so she, yeah. she does not last long. No. Something we are going to try and do here and there is to give out Dundies, which of course is the award that Michael comes up with 
to give to his employees. Classic episode. Yes, that is a very good episode. Um, any of the Dundee Award episodes are good. There's only two. Any of the Dundee <laughs> episodes are good. Um, so, Antoinette, you have a Dundee to give out today. What is that? I do. The Dundee for Best Daily Show Correspondent Cameo goes to Larry Wilmore as Mr. Brown. Yes. Congratulations, Larry. Yeah. Uh, he, I don't know when he started as a Daily Show Correspondent, but he was definitely on in the... Uh, later aughts and early tens. I don't know. What do you call that? He was on yeah. like at least from 2010 to 2014, I'm pretty sure. Because he went straight from The Daily Show to his own thing. Yeah, like, he that had was, that short-lived that uh, was, Larry Wilmore show. That was, um, I, if I, maybe I'm giving my timing off wrong here, but I think that was Comedy Central's Attempted replacement for the Colbert Report. Yes. Sad. Sad, sad, sad. Right. Oh, he was on The Daily Show as the senior black correspondent from 2006 to 2014. So I wasn't watching it in 2006, but he would have been on there right after this appearance on The Office then. There you go. Maybe he made the connection through Steve Carell. Maybe. While we're at it. Who is your employee of the month? Oh, man. Well, I guess it would have to be Dwight for snatching a pretty large sale uh, and closing it out when Jim couldn't. Mine is Kelly for doing what (laughs) everybody wanted to do in this episode, and that is slapping Michael. So for the second episode in a row... My employee of the month is somebody that actually got fired in the episode. That That is true. I do think it's really interesting as well because we see everyone being pretty passive towards Michael in this episode. And in later seasons, people would call out Michael for his terribleness. There would be a lot more pushback, I think, from, from the rest of the office. Sure. So that pretty much does it for this episode. That's all we've got. Thanks for listening, and we will be back next week with episode three. Thanks, guys. See you later. Bye.